Welcome to the Highly Sensitive Podcast. I'm Lauren LaSalle, and I'm a former therapist, a highly sensitive person, and a boundary-setting coach for highly sensitive people. My hope for this podcast is to create a feeling of community, be a supportive place for HSPs, and normalize our experiences as highly sensitive people. Thank you so much for joining me, and let's begin. Welcome to the Highly Sensitive Podcast. I'm Lauren LaSalle, and I'm a boundary-setting coach for highly sensitive people. Before I get into the episode, I have a few announcements to share with you. So first, I will be doing a boundary setting for highly sensitive people masterclass on Tuesday, September 12th at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time, and I will be giving an overview of how to set boundaries as a highly sensitive person, including why setting boundaries is important for HSPs, how to identify and acknowledge your own needs, how to communicate your needs to others, how to cope with feelings of guilt and anxiety, and how to actually start setting boundaries in your life. So this masterclass regularly costs $23, but if you register by August 22nd, then the price is only $15. And if you'd like to attend, but you aren't able to make it live, I will be sending out the recording to everyone who registers so you can watch it at a time that works better for you. I'm also excited to announce that the Highly Sensitive Parent Community will be launching in October, so if you already let me know that you're interested, you will be hearing from me soon if you haven't already. If you've ever wished that you could be a part of a community of parents who are also highly sensitive, who understand your unique experiences and struggles, and are seeking connection, encouragement, validation, tools, accountability, and support, then this community is for you. We will meet live twice a month for peer support and coaching, and we will have ongoing text support within the community. So you might be thinking, you're a boundary setting coach, what qualifies you to have a parent community? (laughs) Great question. So I am a highly sensitive parent to a one-year-old. I have four years of experience working as a child, adolescent, and family therapist. I have experience running both coaching and therapy groups, and I have experience working with highly sensitive clients, including parents, as a therapist and a coach. So this is a monthly membership that is usually $50 a month, but if you register by August 22nd, you'll get one month free when you commit to three months. And the registration link for my masterclass and the parent community will both be in the episode description. And if you have any questions about either of them, feel free to reach out. You can email me lauren at laurenlasallecoaching.com with any questions that you might have. So my guest today is somebody that I actually know in real life. We met about 10 or so years ago, and it was great to get to talk to her again. Her name is Gina House, and she is an avid reader, vintage book collector, and beginner flower gardener. She loves creating art in a daily sketchbook, tarot cards, crystals, knitting, and archery. She is a mom of two amazing and creative adult children, and she and her husband will be celebrating their 30th wedding anniversary this year. Gina has a degree in mathematics and has taught yoga, hula hooping, and knitting in the past. Besides writing articles and creating content for the World of Vegan website, she enjoys antique shopping, cozy books, and warm hugs. Gina and I talk about what an empath is, the similarities and differences between being an empath and being highly sensitive, and our experiences. 
And if you enjoy this episode and this podcast, and you would like to hear more from Gina and from myself and from some of my other guests, then become a subscriber on Spotify or on Patreon. And next Saturday, you can hear her tips for HSPs and empaths in a bonus episode. And I am not kidding when I say you will never guess what one of her tips is. I was laughing really hard in a good way. We were both laughing. It just, I never would have thought this would be a tip for HSPs. So by becoming a subscriber, you will get access to ad-free episodes and two bonus episodes a month. This means that you will be getting four episodes each month instead of two. And becoming a subscriber only costs $5 a month. And I really very, very much appreciate your support. So like I said, you can either subscribe on Spotify, or if you don't use Spotify, you can subscribe on Patreon, and either way, you will get the same content, ad-free episodes and two bonus episodes a month. And I will put those links in the episode description for you to check out. And as always, if you have any ideas for episode topics, if you have any questions for me to answer on the podcast, or if you would like to write an email sharing your story for me to read on the podcast, you can email me at lauren at laurenlasallecoaching.com. I actually recently had somebody send me a few poems that she wrote. So if any HSPs out there write poetry and you would like me to read it in an episode, it might be kind of cool to have a HSP poetry episode. I can make it anonymous if you don't want me to attach your name to it. But if that's something that you would like me to share, um, you can email that to me. And of course, you can find out more about my coaching programs, as well as resources and links to my social media by visiting my website at laurenlasallecoaching.com, which is also where you can download my free workbook, boundary setting for highly sensitive people. If you are getting started on trying to set boundaries in your life, I think it's a really great free resource for you to do that. All right. So here is my conversation with Gina. So what was your experience like discovering that you're highly sensitive? Oh, it was actually a very comforting experience because for so many, because I didn't find out that I was highly sensitive until about 10 years ago. And so like I'm 50 now. So for a long time, most of my life, I thought there was something like wrong with me. It was very hard to hear people say, you're too sensitive. Stop crying. <laughs> um, you wear your heart on your sleeve. You need to toughen up. It was so hard. And I thought I was weak and I was immature and I had all these negative feelings about myself. And then when I found out from my therapist that there was such a thing as a highly sensitive person, it was like finding something out about myself that was so, it kind of broke my brain because I didn't realize that there are other people who were like me and felt the same way as I did. And so it was more of a comfort than anything, knowing that there wasn't really anything wrong with me. So I was very, I was actually really happy. And the first time I read the highly sensitive person book by Elaine Aaron, it just, it blew my mind. And I felt, wow, this is so great to know there are other people who experience the world like I do. So I I was very, I was really glad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so awesome to find that out and know that there are other people out there who experience the same or, or similar things. 
And for everybody listening, Gina and I met, I don't know, like 12 years ago or something now um, doing archery together. And we didn't really know each other that well. We kind of just like knew from from shooting and stuff. Yep. So it was cool when I saw that you posted on Facebook that you're highly sensitive because I didn't really know of anyone that I actually knew who was. So I was like, oh, awesome. And and then <laughs> just be, by the things that you post, like, I feel like you like really sort of comforting things and just like calming things like doing watercolors and, and stuff like that. So it kind of made sense. I don't know, in a way, like a weird way. <laughs> yes, I, I felt the same way. It was so nice to know, like, like you said, find someone who you know, personally, who is also highly sensitive. I have one friend who is a close friend who's also highly sensitive. But to know more than one person is such a great thing, knowing that you have support from your community of people and that someone else will understand where you're coming from. And I, I feel like it's been such a journey since then finding out that little things that I thought were kind of quirks are just parts of being a highly sensitive person, like being sensitive to lights and too many sounds and the feeling of certain materials on your body. I thought I was just like very, I don't know, quirky or I had all these things. And I, to realize that you really don't, it's very normal if you're a highly sensitive person, just, just made the way I view my life now much differently in a more positive way. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. It really does make such a difference to basically reframe everything about yourself (laughs) so you're not feeling like I'm weird and strange but like oh for me and other people this is normal and this is how I am yeah I I really wish that I'd known I mean it would have been impossible probably to know in the 70s I don't know when the book was written but um when I when I was born in 1973 it was very like from the first like 10 years of my life it was because I don't think anyone else in my family, I'm not sure, are also highly sensitive. So just hearing and not only my family, but friends and people and kids at school just saying things to me that were very hard to take. And I wish I had I had known that I was highly sensitive because I would not have taken those comments so personally. And I think I would have had a, a lot more confidence in myself than I do now. I'm learning to now, but yes, it was just a lot of, I felt like a lot of criticism for something I felt I couldn't change. But now I wish I could give my younger self a big hug and let her know that she's all right. And she's not a weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. I always think about that too. Like little Lauren. Oh boy. (laughs) Just, yeah. I want to give her a hug and say, you're fine. You are fine. Way you are don't listen to anybody who says otherwise <laughs> it's I know it's okay I think the biggest thing or the 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 thing I heard people say to me more the most often uh besides like stop crying <laughs> was that um I needed a thicker skin and I whenever someone said that it really it was very negative for me instead of empowering me it felt like not only there's something wrong with me but I don't want a thicker skin. I feel like I don't need that. But people just kept telling me over and over that that's what I needed. And it just didn't resonate with me. And so I'm really glad now that I know that that's something I don't, I don't have to have and I don't have to do. I can keep being 
sensitive and, but using it in a more positive way and not thinking negatively about myself. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting too, that I feel like one of the main reasons people say things like that is because the way that we're reacting, like crying or whatever makes them feel uncomfortable. And so they're like, just toughen mm-hmm. up. Like, why are you doing this? It's like, well, what's yeah. wrong with that? There's nothing I wrong don't want with crying. To do <laughs> yeah. Right. And probably because they don't really know what to say or how to deal with it. And they probably don't even know why you're acting like that. I think that was the biggest thing is I always wanted to have someone understand why I was acting or reacting the way I was over something to them seemed very small, but to me was very big. So that that's one of the things I'm still, I'm still working on. And I, I think that I, I don't know anyone else who was an extrovert who was also highly sensitive. That is like something I've never, all of my friends are introverts, even mm-hmm. my husband and um, at least one of my children are introverts. And I don't know any other extroverted, highly sensitive people, at least not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like a lot, like a small part of being highly sensitive is needing like space for yourself and some isolation at times. And I don't feel that. And I think that was one of the things that um, reading from the highly sensitive person book didn't, that wasn't me. And I know she says that most highly sensitive people are introverts, but uh, I'm not. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, that's another thing that I'm trying to figure out because there's not a lot of information about an extroverted, highly sensitive person. Yeah. Well, if you go through all of my episodes that have guests, most of them are extroverts. Oh, they go are. figure. Oh, okay. So like contact all of them. Be like, do you want to be my friend? But they all oh, say goodness. too, like, I feel like an extra weirdo kind of because I'm like part of this smaller community. And then I'm part of an even smaller part of that community because I'm extroverted. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, it's um, it, it, it. I mean, now I feel less isolated because I feel like now I kind of know a lot more about being a highly sensitive person. So that makes makes things less isolating. But I still have a lot to learn, especially since I've only known, I mean, for probably about nine years or so. So but it's still it's still a lot. It's still a lot because once you first find out, you read about it, but then you've got to try to integrate some of those things into your daily life and into your mind and into like the way you see the world differently now that you know more about yourself. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a lot of work. (laughs) Totally worth it. But it is like, okay, now I have to totally change the way I see myself. I have to change how I live and and my lifestyle Mm -hmm. to to suit myself. And yeah. (laughs) I I think the biggest thing that's helped me, though, is to tell people who either we're going to have a a situation together or we're going to have a relationship or something like that, or there's an event that I think is going to be difficult for me is to learn to talk to that person ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes a huge difference. And I would have never done that before or known to do that because I thought, oh, I'll just worry about it (laughs) and do my best to react as best I can and just like worry constantly. But now, now it gives me a little bit of um, foundation and confidence. If I say to them, 
in these situations, this is how I either see things or I react to them. So if I'm doing a certain thing or saying a certain thing, it's just because of this. And I feel like just saying it out loud, maybe like, even if they don't completely understand, I feel like at least it gives them like a heads up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think that helps because my husband, we had to work on that a lot because he's not highly sensitive and he wasn't really not through any fault of his own, not understanding why I was reacting or saying or doing certain things. And that was really impacted our relationship a lot. And so when I started saying to him, like, this is how I might feel if we do this, then it helps. I think it helps. It helps both of us. So not just me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Communication is so important. And I think, yeah, being able to have that confidence to to know this is just how I am and it's going to be better if I let the other person know in advance. But, oh, I, I love that part about, I'm just going to worry about it for a while because I feel like that's so relatable and probably everybody <laughs> listening <laughs> has dealt with that. <laughs> yeah, that is my, that is my backup, not my backup, but that is my like default mode is just to worry constantly and freak out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I, but like I said, I'm trying, I'm trying to work on that so that, or at least tell myself, I know I'm going to worry, but I can still make like take some action mm-hmm. for my own self. And that's been giving me a little bit more peace of mind and a little bit more confidence because, you know, I've had very little confidence up until like, like I said, like the past 10 years. And so this is really, this has really helped like, no, like I think even though you can't change who you are, I think that knowing something about you uh, or about yourself and learning more about it and ways and how you can deal with it, like helps so much. You don't feel like you don't feel helpless or um, out of control. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's a good segue into our topic today about learning about yourself, because you are going to talk about what it means to be an empath. So what does it mean to be an empath and how might somebody know if they are one? Well, so yeah, I just figured out when not, well, first I heard about being an empath through my dental hygienist, which is a very strange way <laughs> of figuring things out. But that I feel like that's how my life has gone, where this something said by someone else, either just randomly or just hearing someone saying something, not even to me, um, has either sparked something or has brought me like an aha moment. And so from having my teeth cleaned, um, she suggested a book called The Empath's Survival Guide. And I thought that that's a terrible title for a book. For some reason, I find it to be, I don't know, too new agey or something like that, where it didn't really resonate with me. But I, I decided to just I got an ebook and just thought I'd read the, I'd have a sample and then I'd see. And then as soon as I started reading it, I highlighted so much of it that it was like the entire ebook. So I said, I think this is me. (laughs) I think I, I think I'm not only highly sensitive, but an empathic person. And from what I've been reading, having empathy is like a human ability to understand and share someone else's feelings and that an empathic person is just someone who has a higher than average sensitivity to people's feelings. So not just a normal human amount, but 
a high, a very high sensitivity to people's feelings. And that there are three types of empathic people. There's a physical, emotional, and intuitive. So if you're physical, you you actually feel physical symptoms of someone else who's near you. Like if someone has a headache or a stomachache, you actually like feel it in your own body. I don't have that. I'm an emotional empath where if someone is feeling something, I feel it myself, even though I don't. Like if someone is very sad, I also feel sad, even though I wasn't sad until I was near them. So it sounds very out there, but because I've experienced it so much throughout my life, I, as soon as I read that, it was, it was like a light bulb. Like it, it completely changed. I almost started crying because you know how something, when something is so true and resonates with you, it just like makes you feel so much at once. Like that's how I felt. And I was like, this is me. And I wish Again, like being a highly sensitive person, I wish I'd known that so much earlier. And then there's intuitive people um, or intuitive empaths who have like a supposedly the uh, ability to sense the feelings and energy of like plants and animals and um, have dream messages and things like that. I don't, I don't have that. And it's weird because I, I feel like the word empath has almost a negative connotation for me. And I'm not sure why it, I mean, I love crystals and and stuff like that, but I feel like it, that's kind of like over the top, but because I know that that is, I know now that that's who I am. I'm trying to come to terms with that term. I wish there was a different term, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And I think that most or all um, empathic people are highly sensitive people, but only like a quarter of um, highly sensitive people are empathic, or at least that's what I've, that's what I've read um, anyway. So. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause I was one, cause I know I, I honestly haven't really looked into what it means to be an empath, which seems kind of weird. Cause I feel like a lot of highly sensitive people are like, oh, well I'm highly sensitive. Maybe I'm an empath, but I don't, yeah, I don't, didn't know too much about it, which is why I'm glad that you're talking about this. <laughs> um, I think it's good for people to know. Yeah, because we're just already more empathetic than the average person. And then being an empath, it sounds like adds just an, an extra level on top of that. Yes, yeah, definitely. And I think that so I was looking at the similarities and differences and the similarities seem to also be overstimulation by environment and lights and sounds and things like that. And then also emotional and physical burnout really easily compared to like the average person and that you still have, you still feel kind of isolated in some ways where people don't really understand where you're coming from. So those are like the similarities. And then the differences are if you're empathic, you absorb, not only feel, but you like absorb the energy from the person into your own body and that you internalize their pain or their feelings. So it's like, like you said, a whole nother level of feeling that in your, in your own body. And also when you first, or not first, or when you're with somebody, you can very easily read how they're feeling or not what they're thinking, but like their feeling or their energy without really thinking about it. It just like 
don't know, not comes to you because that sounds so weird, but you just <laughs> you like almost like if you're a parent and you know that your child is upset without them crying or whatever, you can you can tell there's something wrong because you've got that connection to them. It's kind of like that with other people that some people you don't even know. But like I've only I've only known about this for about a year, so I'm still I'm still learning. So hopefully the things I'm saying are are, are correct. But that's what I've learned. So far. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. I mean, I don't I don't know if I'm an empath or just highly sensitive because I haven't looked into it, as I said. But I do. I so when I was a therapist for kids and and teenagers, I initially thought, oh, I'd really like to work with teenagers who are depressed and anxious because that was me. So I can really feel like I'll be able to relate to them and and really help them. And then I I found that the really depressed teenagers, I just like took all of that on and I felt it physically and emotionally. And then that sort of like paralyzed me as their therapist. I'm supposed to be helping you, but I feel this huge weight and it's like I don't know what to, I don't, I can't help you. I don't know what to do. And it's, yeah, it is like, I took all of that on, which I found just so unhelpful, yes. <laughs> the opposite of what I thought was going to happen. Right. Well, it definitely sounds like you have, yeah, you should take the empath. There's like a test. And the, the book that I have is written by Dr. Judith Arloff and she has a test on her website and her book. I mean, even though the title kind of is not for me. It's um the book is wonderful and you should definitely look into it because that that's exactly how I felt about being I wasn't a therapist, but I was a substitute teacher and I taught a lot and that was I mean and I wasn't even trying to help them. I was just teaching. It was still really hard. So mm-hmm. I can imagine how much more difficult it would be if you're trying to give someone therapy and to support and help them if you're feeling all their feelings, because like you said, it's, it's really overwhelming because you have your own feelings and then someone else's feelings. And you're like, what is like, who's is, who's is who's like, you know? Right. Yeah. It took a lot of learning how to check in with myself. I mean, it, it couldn't really happen until after the session. Cause it was just kind of overwhelming during, but yeah, it's saying like, all right, this is not mine. This is theirs. I can just let go of this now, but yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's really tough. I mean, I don't think I've really experienced that in other situations. Like I feel like it has to be sort of a focused one-on-one situation. So I don't know if that applies uh, to be an empath, but it's, it's, uh, it's tough <laughs> to, to have that feeling. Yeah, I'm, I think it'd be worth looking into because she has like levels of it where if you have a certain, if you have, if you say yes to a certain number of things, you're a certain, not percentage, but you have a certain level of higher empathy. Um, And then if you, you know, compared to like, you know, one thing to 12 things, you know, so I think you at least have a, a certain amount of that for sure. But I think it'd be worth looking into. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I'm going to now. Yeah. I love learning <laughs> new things about myself. It's fun. But then you know, it also whenever, is like, whenever there's those, those tests on, on the internet, I'm always like, Ooh, what am I? <laughs> I know. Like which kind of pizza am I? I need to know this. <laughs> I know for some reason, labeling myself makes things feel better. And yeah, even though the fun ones are fun, but even the ones that are like, I'm an ESFJ. So you know, just like knowing that and the other personality tests are really, really interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if highly sensitive people like those more because we, 
I think want to like we seek out where do we stand? Who are we? Where do we fit in more than maybe the average person? I don't know if that's been researched or not, but it would be interesting would. to find yeah, out. Yeah, I wonder if you could do a um, questionnaire or send out a, if, if you want to answer this question and tell me if you like these tests, yes or no, <laughs> you can take, take a poll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be so interesting to find out. <laughs> huh. And then I, um, <laughs> so then I found out like, so we were talking about how you, how you know if you're an empath or not. So I wrote down some of the things that that I found from the book and online um, is that one, you absorb and take on other people's feelings and emotions as if they're your own. And then also the feeling of a space is very important to you. Not only, not only the physical space, like if there's too much clutter, which would be too overstimulating. So not only the physical space, but the energy of the space too. Like if someone had just had an argument, you can kind of feel the tension still in the air, things like that, where you can feel not only, not only the physical seeing part of the environment, but the feelings of the environment too. And then you have, oh, (laughs) another one is you have a deep understanding and feeling of others, even if they're people that you just, you've just met. So when you just meet someone, it's almost like you almost know a bunch about them, even though you don't know them at all. And one that happens to me a lot is uh, people turn to you, even in a store and start telling you their life story. That happens. I don't know if that happens to you. Yeah. That happens to me so many times. <laughs> I've been in so many stores where a sweet old lady will start telling me, like literally all her problems. And because I want to help so much, you know, I, I, I try to listen and whatever, but that, and, and it's not a bad thing. Sometimes I really like being in that position, being like having someone come to me for comfort. Like I really enjoy and like that. But sometimes if it's someone very angry and they're like venting to you, that is not good. <laughs> that does not, not that, that does not feel good. So that's, that's one of the other things that's on the list. Also that you have a deep love for animals and babies, especially like vulnerable creatures. So I, I feel like I definitely have that. I don't know if you feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Those all bring pretty true for me. Yeah. (laughs) And then the last two or that I have anyway, is that it's hard for you to see someone in pain without like you have to suppress the urge to go and help them. Like a lot of times it's not appropriate to go up to someone you don't know who's crying and like take care of them or do something because they might not want to be touched. They might not want to talk about it, but it's like a huge urge. And I think one of the problems or challenges I have, especially in the grocery store, if there are children crying or like children are upset that I you know, you can't really go up to someone else's child and like, if they're yelling at them or something and take care of them or anything. But so I almost have to leave every time that happens because it's just too, it's too hard for me not to want to go up and say something or help or comfort. Like someone else's pain is like extremely difficult for me. I don't know if if you feel that way too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 My husband, he, got diagnosed with two types of cancer about a year and a half ago. And when he was recovering from uh, surgeries and treatment, it was 
it was so difficult for me because I felt so much, and not of his physical pain, but of his emotional state of mind. It was, it was really, really hard for me. And I had to fight the urge to like, not control him, but constantly like try to do something for him because, you know, I was feeling it all the time. And um, one time we had a talk and he's like, you just have to let me feel what I feel. And which is so true. You like, I needed to let him feel his sadness and anger. I just wish I didn't feel it, you know, at the same time. So that was a um, very challenging thing. Yeah. That that's an interesting idea, I guess that, that kind of triggered, like, I feel like we out of anyone understand that people need to just feel how they're feeling because Mm -hmm. we feel things so deeply, but then, yeah, we want to help other people and help them not feel that way. That's really interesting. (laughs) Yeah. It's, 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 it's almost like you're between a rock and a hard place. Like you, there, there's no good, at least I haven't found a really good answer for it, 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 except for just to try to to try to breathe and let it go and try not to think about it. If it's something I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be like interfering with, but it's very hard. It's really mm-hmm. hard, especially when it's like someone you love, you know, it's easier if it's someone who is um, a stranger or someone who is an acquaintance where you're not like deeply connected to them already. Yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm just still learning about being like an empathic person and I, I hope to learn more about being a highly sensitive person. And your podcast has really helped me. So many of the podcast episodes have been like, oh, I love this, like talking to your talking to your partner and, you know, way, ways to deal with upset feelings at work. Like so many of your your podcast episodes have been so helpful. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me because I don't usually get much feedback and I'm like, people keep listening. So it must be helping them. (laughs) (laughs) It's great to get specific feedback. So thank you. So how can people connect with you um, on social media, websites, all of that good stuff? Um, My website is a little bit on the oldish side, but it's ginahouse.net. And I am on Instagram at Gina House. And then if you like books, I'm at Babs Beloved Books. So mostly on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook, uh, Gina.SleepyEyes. And on YouTube, I have some YouTube videos up, but they're not about highly sensitive people, but um, it's just YouTube.com at Gina House. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for for being here and and talking about this. And it was great to connect with you again after so many years. I know. Thank (laughs) you so much, Lauren. I mean, as soon as I saw you had this podcast, I said, this is like something I'm so interested in. And it was it was so nice to learn that you're also highly sensitive because and, you know, like I said, I don't know a lot of highly sensitive people. So it's so great to have your podcast as a resource for sure. And to know you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Here we go. Thank you so much for listening to the Highly Sensitive Podcast. You can help support the show by taking a minute to rate and review it, share a favorite episode with a friend, or go to patreon.com slash highly sensitive podcast.